Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description. Okay, so this ad might be coming as like a little bit of an LOL in this moment because <laughs> I am the epitome of not health and wellness right now. In case we can't tell from my voice, which let me tell you, this is as high as it goes right now, as high. There was a peak moment this weekend where I was entirely mute. Let me tell you, there's some very happy people about that. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> and there was me struggling, screaming in the corner. But anyways, for something that is health and wellness that I'm obviously about and you guys should be about too is prima so i will say this in my regimen is still going well which is being not quite stressed having a great night the one thing your body is grateful for you for is your prima (laughs) it really is it's like literally keeping me it might be keeping me alive (laughs) at this point (laughs) there would be no sam without prima (laughs) it's fine in all fairness i am in a great mood so i would like to thank (laughs) <laughs> prima. that's prima that's the daily it is which really oh no really saved my life <laughs> will we make it through this episode don't know it's really debatable guys but let me just give you guys the skinny here so basically whether you need like stress relief 
sleep support, recovery, <laughs> mood boosters, or just like you're feeling like an incredible skincare moment, we do have like our fave brand. Like we've said like time and time again, it is Prima. They're climate positive, they're family farmed, carbon neutral, and responsibly sourced. So their products are just not only phenomenal work, but just have all of this great messaging behind it. So we got you on that. And big news, this is so great guys. As of July 1st, which obviously we celebrated along with July 4th and every other day in between that, they've dropped their prices. So literally, like if you're like shopping a little bit for and you're like, ah, a little bit out of the budget, mm, now they're in budget. So two of the best selling skincare products, Night Magic and the Afterglow, I'm sure you're asking yourself like, why, why this thing? But they have lowered their prices and over the last two years, Prima has listened, taken feedback from their customers to heart, which like, including us, you know, you know, work tediously with their farming, manufacturing partners to advocate for better pricing on their hemp supply, which has made this totally possible, which is amazing. They've advocated for better pricing, yet the same high quality hemp, which like you're not like a lower price in this situation does not mean lower quality product. It just means they are expert negotiators and they don't work for price lines. So there you go. Now they're really, you know, they're passing on savings to you, to me, to everyone else, because CBD has become basically like more accessible as a holistic wellness ingredient, which allows us to all benefit from it, which is so amazing. And honestly, like makes me super, super happy. So me too, me too. And especially, you know, the night magic price dropped, but I will say, honestly, night magic, it is one of their pricier items, but it literally lasts me at least like six months, like maybe more, like it lasts me so long. So I honestly think it was a good deal anyways, but let me just gas up night magic a little more you guys know i'm obsessed with it i've been using it for like a little less than two years and i have not stopped ever since and they have a new product and it's a body oil which is basically just like night oil manifested into a body oil for your body which is incredible especially for the summer for that dewy glowy glazed donut look you want all over with that amazing tan you just got you guys this body oil is it i put it on after the shower when i'm still a little wet and it just soaks right into your skin i'm obsessed but you guys know we love prima and you guys should definitely check it out and lucky for all of us we have a limited time exclusive 15 percent off offer with the code girl gov so head to prima.co and you know the drill, or you're going to feel better, you're going to look glowy every day. Welcome to Girl in the Gov, the podcast, breaking down politics as we know it and removing all the bullshit. <laughs> because politics needed a rebrand. <laughs> well, we'll just like slide right into this episode there's a lot to talk about and I mean first I mean we got a glimpse of the voice but (laughs) let's kind of recap on the weekend maybe that led you to this new sexy raspy voice that you have honestly it's fantastic and I kind of wish this were my normal voice like I genuinely like I after I first lost it on what day did I lose it? Maybe it was Friday. Like it was early on. Like this was not like a late on situation. This was like from the jump, like really went in their ham, you know, 
it, God smited me a little bit, but it's okay. But I really think I would be like, I'd have like 10 boyfriends if this were my voice normally. I was gonna say, I think you need to get on Hinge like right after this and like set up a date for this evening. Just to be like, to go out and like try and get a husband with this voice. Cause I like, I feel like everyone can relate to this. Like when you lose your voice, like it's this funny moment where you're like, oh no, I lost my voice. But like, you're so happy about it inside. Like it's low key the most exciting thing ever. It literally is. I was like, oh my God. Like I'm so cute. Like I'm, I'm, I'm so a total, cute. like I'm usually a 10, but like now I'm a 12 out of 10, baby. <laughs> like I'm so high. Let's go. It just, it yeah, really, no. this does happen to me every once in a while. And then everyone's always like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And I'm like, a lot, but it's not this. This is, this is not wrong. This is right. <laughs> so let the, let the sparks fly, specifically the 4th of July sparks fly on this yeah. one. But And it just means you had a great ass time. Oh, let me tell you, I had a great ass time. The rain did not stop nobody, including me. Like, I genuinely don't remember the last time I felt like I had, like, a vacation. Mm, like, I genuinely felt like I had a vacation for five seconds. Good. Well, I, you were in the Hamptons, correct? See, see, mademoiselle. And I go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I had I can't quite believe the you're going to be literally there the one weekend I'm not there. Oh, oh I thought you maybe were going to be there. No. But, yeah, hopefully there's no rain. I don't, I don't like that. But it's it's gonna be it's been quite the like couple weeks. July is insane. It really of traveling is. and just hot girl summer activities. So we're doing our best to continue to function. <laughs> but I promise we'll be we'll be back on track in a minute. But by fall, <laughs> so by, by the fall we'll be you guys. We'll hopefully both be like on the verge of marriage and settle down with a mortgage. But this summer. Mm-mm. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm going to make it a goal to lose mm-mm, my voice mm-mm. this weekend. You're going to be lucky if either of us can speak, but then <laughs> next week. Just keep the trend so. going. So. Um, okay, well, this this episode, you guys, we actually do not have an interview. We do not have a guest this week because it's a very please. special, special time of the year. And we wanted to, de- to dedicate this episode to that. And Sam, what, what, are, we, what are we celebrating? We are celebrating our dm anniversary. you yes. might be wondering please explain to me what is a dm anniversary. well once upon a time mom and dad aka maddie and i were just who's two mom, strangers <laughs> honestly your dad with that voice fair fair oh my god go. yeah but like i don't know if we, neither of us are responsible enough to be a parent so That's- so it's a fact. It's a fact. Uh, it's a fact. But, but by the fall, I will be. That's fair. We'll be like ready to take care of the world. But in the meantime, this very special holiday, which all of you should mark on your calendars, maybe order yourself some balloons to be able to partake as well. You know, whatever. Is, you know, when we were just strangers on the internet and Maddie DM'd me on Instagram, on the IG, and we connected and she was like, yo, you want to do a podcast? And I was like, yo. That sounds kind of like a good idea. Let's hop in a call. An hour later, the podcast was born, which brought us it was born. to here. So we... To you. Exactly. To this moment, which is pretty incredible. And July 3rd, that's the other important part of this. And not just our journey is the 
number significance. We've had a few significant happenings happen um, around the number three and the number seven. And seven is both of our lucky numbers, correct? Yep. So we got three seven there. We also went viral on TikTok on March 3rd, 3-3. So just we keep our eye out for those numbers. They're definitely our lucky angel numbers. And, you know, when we when we realized the significance of the date and the number, we're like, okay, good. This is meant to be. We'll keep doing the podcast. <laughs> like literally, like it's so weird. There's a symbolic little itch and like all these things. And it's really funny because like in the, the number games of it all too, like for me, like three things always happen in threes in my family, like in big ways. And so like we kept having things happen in threes that way too. And it's just super, super weird. Yeah. But in the best way. Yeah. The best way. But today you guys, we will go through a few things. So we'll definitely go through our top stories right here in a second. We have a few, but honestly the news was slow, but we'll definitely dive into some, you know, hot topics per usual. And then, you know, we're going to take the time to basically talk about our journey a little bit and kind of the year that has gone on since the famous DM. And, you know, we also have some questions from our lovely brand ambassadors we're going to answer. Um, and then we're going to talk about, too, like what's in the future for us? Because while the DM was me asking Sam if she's interested in doing a podcast, we have a lot up our sleeve. And, you know, we want to give a little few little hints and talk about, you know, the future of us here. Okay. Which is exciting stuff and the future of rebranding politics and shaking shit up because that's what we're going to do. And let's just say this. It's pretty bright. It's pretty bright future. So I hope you guys are excited. There's a lot of stuff. So be patient with us as we get our voices back and, you know, start to roll things out. But... I think we should start with some of these awesome questions from our amazing brand ambassadors. What do you think? Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay. All right. Madison Bloom, how did you get interested in politics? Great question, Samantha. Um, well, when did it start for me? Honestly, I think it first started in high school when I just kind of realized I enjoyed talking about politics and I was like oh this stuff is interesting I feel a little passion I feel a little fire when I talk about politics you know it was actually the 2012 election Obama's second term election and my friends and I would like actually talk about it sometimes (laughs) which is crazy for high schoolers especially back then and I think when we had those conversations I was like oh I'm into this And so that kind of prompted me when going to college to declare my major as political science. And as some people may know, I played very competitive soccer my whole life. That was like my only passion. Really didn't like school. Really didn't care much about it. I feel Um, that. (laughs) Until, you know, I declared my major and I went to college and I started learning about something I was actually interested in, which is like, wow, who would have thought, you know? So yeah, I started taking those classes and I was like, wait, this is it for me. And for a while I was like, will I ever find a passion outside of soccer? And those classes allowed me to be like, actually, I could do this. I could do this after college. This is something I want to do and pursue. And it just kind of blew up from there. But that's kind of the origin story, I think. How about you? 
I, okay, I definitely had to have been interested in it before this point, but this is like the one, the story that always like stands out in my head. And granted, like politics is just like always like very opinionated family, very opinionated family always talking about it. But I remember in middle school, we had like, I guess we, do we call it social studies or American studies? U.S., well, like U.S. history, that was also something I like actually liked learning like at least that was like the one class like in k through 12 or whatever where i was like oh this is interesting agreed it is interesting how it starts from like the u.s history classes like when you think back on it totally yeah because it's like yeah and whatever class whatever we called it it was some something in that like genre and like it changed a few times throughout like the k through 12 experience of like what they were titling it but regardless we had some, like, I think we were talking about, like, current events, and George Bush was president. Well, George Bush the second was president. The second. And I... <laughs> like, he was, like, a king. He's a king. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Oh, well. <laughs> LOL. Anyways. But I stood up in class and decided to declare in front of everyone that George Bush was an asshole. Yes. I love this story. And... I, you know, really found my, my glory and my voice in that. Found your voice. And, you know, it really, you know, just didn't stop after that. I always was, like, super interested in it. Felt like it was kind of like, I mean, we know I love a good reality TV show. Like, there's always drama. There's always drama in politics. So it kind of just made sense. And then in college, I also was, one of my majors was government and law. But it was funny because I like almost took the interest and was like, I want to be a lawyer. And then I was like, wait, I hate school. School though. So like, it's funny that I'm thinking that I should go to school for another extended amount of, out of time. Like that just. And like the hardest school there is. Like. Like possibly. I also would just be constantly arguing with people. And I was like, well, actually I would probably love that. But regardless, here we are. But I think my first thing was my my first memory of like distinctly being like, oh, I freaking love this is like standing up and being like, George Bush is an asshole. I love that. I love that. Okay, next next question. What are well, what is like the story of how you got here? Maybe from like from graduation on your career path that led you here. Okay, that's an interesting journey, let me tell you. So, journey one, sitting in cap and gown, very hungover, fell asleep at graduation, great time for me. But after that little moment in the sun, roasting like a little squash, (laughs) I somehow had some brain cells left, and I went to PR, which I'm still working on today, and I always knew that I wanted to do something entrepreneurial. I always knew I wanted to own a business in some way and I couldn't quite grasp it. And I hadn't gone into politics, even though I loved it, it just wasn't, just didn't happen for me at the time. And kind of like throughout, like I kept coming up with the randomest of like ideas. Like I had one where it was like a book of like, all like the like random learnings from like ex-boyfriends. I literally had like a Google doc going with like my friends. The problem is like, none of us could think of a single thing that we learned positively from an ex. So let me tell you that idea tanked really quickly. <laughs> we were like, ah, oh, well, it was a smart, it was a lovely, nice idea, but it just really tanked. So 
kind of, you know, thinking like, okay, what could I do? And as that thought was getting turned and tossed and whatever in my brain, I also kind of was doing two other things. One, I was trying to figure out like how I could at least still be politically involved. But like basically I kept trying to get involved in different organizations and it just didn't seem like it was a fit, like either it just wasn't really geared to things I like to do or it felt very much like you had to already have like an identity integrated into a party or into a specific candidate. And I kind of was coming from the camp of more like, I want to like see what else is out there, like make my own opinion and whatnot. So I really wanted there to be something besides knocking on doors for a specific candidate. And that just didn't really seem to come across my purview. And then in 2018, that little election, I realized that like none of my friends were registered to vote somehow or not none, but a lot. And it really shocked me. Like it genuinely shocked me. And I was like, okay, it looks like we got two problems here. Like one is that like no one's voting. And the second one is that like, there's no way for like anyone to get engaged in a way that like makes them want to be a part of it. And I was like, if I like politics and I don't even want to be a part of this, I can't imagine my friends that were like engineers that like, are like this, no, like this is so outside my purview kind of thing. So anyways, I really had to like put my head to it. And what I came up with was these like bespoke events and like bringing people to things that they already want to go to. And so like, that's where our like sort of origin began, where it was like, let's go to a Pilates class. Let's go to a rooftop bar. Let's do all these things that like we're normally doing. And then like add a little bit of politics into the mix. That's not intimidating. Add like the basics. Like you don't have to have a candidate in mind. You can actually just like learn like how to register to vote or like what type of like positions are like in your neck of the woods. Like the amount of people that didn't know what city council was. And there just was so much like learning opportunity and still is. And that's really like kind of like where it all all started of like trying to sort of change the game of like making sure people had access in a way that they found approachable and fun to learning about politics. And like, that's sort of how we are today with like rebranding it. And now like trying all these other mechanisms. And obviously the podcast was like perfect for the pandemic and still be perfect after because like you're commuting, you're walking on the beach, you're doing whatever. Like you obviously need like something in the ears rocking and rolling. But I guess that's, did I cover my bases? I don't know. Did I get my stump speech? Yeah. Wow. That was lovely. But wait, let's flip, let's flip the question. Okay. So how, this is right. The DM anniversary. You got to the DM situation, obviously, but how did you get there? Like, give me, you know, post-college to the DM. Sure. Well, my first internship was the second semester of my senior year, and I was an intern for Gavin Newsom's campaign for governor. Gav. I'm going to leave that one there. Hey, Gav. And it was great. I loved it. And honestly, that was like my first little work experience in the political field after kind of like knowing through college I wanted to try and work in politics. And after working on that campaign, I was like, yes, love this. Let's pursue this. It's it's set in stone. I made my decision. Great. When I graduated, I moved home to the Bay Area and I was looking for jobs and it was kind of hard to find political jobs and this theme will come back into play a little later and we'll get into you know the whole finding a political jobs conversation but I had a hard a hard time and after a few months of job searching and not being able to find like a job I was passionate about I kind of settled for like a typical corporate job and 
I did, however, tell them that, you know, I was interested in politics and they're a real estate development company. And if you have been listening and you know a little bit about local politics and state politics, you know that housing and development is actually very political, especially on the local level. And so they were able to kind of help me get involved in the government affairs side of the business, which was cool. And then I... I worked there for like six months. I don't even know if I've told Sam my whole this whole story. Got laid off my first job ever. Oh my god, I don't think I knew this. Yeah, like six months in, and I was like, God, okay, this sucks. And then I was like low key excited though at the same time because I was like, I don't love this job, and I was gonna only stay for like a year anyway, so I can go work back in politics and find a job. So I was like, sweet, I'm gonna find a job I really want. I'm gonna look for a political job and I'm not going to settle this time. And back to the theme of political jobs being extremely hard to find, I stuck to that for about eight months of unemployment and job searching until I finally got a job and that was not a fun time job searching for that long, but I was very adamant about getting a job I wanted. So finally, in October 2019, I got really the job of my dreams, working for Tom Steyer's presidential campaign. And that was amazing. I like met so many amazing people. My network just blew up and I got to go to presidential debates. I got to travel to Boston and Vegas and do all these cool things with the campaign. And then obviously he, he dropped out after Super Tuesday, which is one of the primary elections. And then I was like, okay, I was working like crazy, like seven days a week, the last month of that job. So I was like, let me rest for two weeks. I'm going to rest and then I'm going to start job searching again. And then after like a week, this thing called COVID hit and... Aw, COVID. Yeah, this little thing called COVID came into town and everyone went into their homes and (laughs) nobody was hiring. And I basically was the epitome of like a quarantiner. Like I was tie-dyeing sweatsuits and painting and paddleboarding and playing tennis and like taking up every hobby on earth but then finally like you and I connected and then I just was like this is it because I always like this mission of like changing politics for young people and like making it more accessible and just less annoying and like giving young people a resource to learn about politics and be informed that isn't like the annoying taboo like Fox News CNN all of that was like, how can we create some type of resource for young people to be civically engaged? And Sam had a similar mission. And I was like, I've always kind of wanted to do a podcast about that, but never thought it would actually happen. It was really just a daydream. And here we are. Wow. Talk about like daydream to reality. But yeah, I mean, guys, that's that's how we got here. And to Maddie's point before, it like goes to show, like shoot your shot. You really never know. Like, and also... Like, to that point, to double down, like, Maddie and I are literally two strangers on the internet, and it just happened to literally, like, work. It really, it's so crazy, too, like, how it works. Because two people who don't know anything about each other, like, the odds of that working and, like, having any type of synergy are very low. And so I think that's another thing besides the angel numbers and all of those things. It's just like the fact that we work really well together is just so ironic and weird and just makes it more like seem like it's just meant to be, you know? 
It really, it really does. It's so weird. But how, how are you working towards your goal as a uh, young professional, Maddie? Okay, how are you working towards your goals as young professionals? This is a tough question. I mean, obviously, I think the one thing would be that we just are really going after. And I think even doing this podcast and taking the jump to do that and working together is a huge risk and like scary. And a lot of people don't take the leap to do things like that. So I think that's the biggest thing is that we are going for it. And I think, you know, obviously that first step was that DM and then was that call and then was launching the podcast. But as we'll get into a little later, like we have a lot of big goals now. And now it's just a matter of, you know, continuing to work towards those, which is challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's no walk in the park. But yeah, I would just say like common theme. And honestly, the theme of this episode should really be shooting your shot because that's what this episode's all about <laughs> and celebrating. So yeah, and just like reach out to people in any, you know, facet. You don't need to be wanting anything from them or asking anything, but just let them know that you're like interested in what they're doing or that you just think what they're doing is cool because it's crazy how far those things can go. And like any book I've read about being an entrepreneur, like young professional or whatever advice, it's like always been that. It's always been like, shoot your shot, send that email, send that DM, you know? And I think it would be like, honestly, like it is always so surprising, like how many amazing responses you do get. Like, obviously let's just like we've definitely gotten rejected a million and ten times from things but you would also be shocked at like how many people have like said yes or believed in us or whatever from like the jump and like i or that we've totally shot shot or shoot it or shoot it or shot it or shoot yeah that's correct shot it or shoot (laughs) yeah that that thing like with like you you just really never know and like sometimes timing's right sometimes it's not but like you'll never know unless you do it and that's always like that can be really scary but like, why not? Why not? Yeah. And the nose, the nose will happen and they do. And I honestly think maybe we switch the next two questions, flip flop them, because maybe this is a good segue to answer the question of like, how do you find guests on the show? And I think this goes hands in hand with that message of like, at the beginning, it was a lot of people we knew and that we had network or like had connections to in our network. But it has now been a lot of like, cold emailing and reaching out to people and doing as much outreach as possible and again like it's literally that same theme of like shooting your shot and we've gotten the most amazing amazing guests like as you guys probably know I mean the Opal Lee of it all like I went to her website and submitted a form for her to come on the show and they responded within a day like it's just so incredible which is just like so amazing like you just like we were like oh my god such a reach like she's so amazing hopefully she comes on hopefully she says yes and she did like you just genuinely never know unless you try and obviously if you guys have more questions about the process and all of that you can definitely of course send us more questions but i think this is such a great also shout out moment for our brand ambassador sarah who actually just connected us with an amazing guest and i think that goes to our yeah actually two you're so right to you know the point of you're building your network is that like you really never know like who someone else knows or who that person knows that knows someone else that knows someone else like that can really help make sure that your mission comes to fruition yeah and I know we're talking about to like guests on the show but this even applies like to people we've reached out to like for advice or collaborations or like 
a lot. It's not just guests for us. Like we really do as much outreach as we can just just grow our network in general. And that's just continued to be a huge just plus for us and has benefited us in a lot of ways. So shoot your shot. Okay. Last question from our brand ambassadors. What are some of the different career paths in politics and what options are there other than like campaigns or other quote unquote like obvious paths when you think of like working in politics? Like what are the other career paths? And this is an amazing question, first of all. Second of all, it's to like kind of answer it. I mean, I think something like Sam and I have talked about before a little bit maybe on the show or just made a comment about it, but working in politics, like I feel like the not obvious paths are like the obvious paths in other fields if that makes sense so like like a lot of people don't realize like you can work in politics or work even in advocacy or for nonprofits or whatever that like works towards something that you're passionate about but you can still do the job say you like went to college for say you were a marketing major or you were an accounting major or you you know whatever pathway you literally like code or you're an engineer or whatever like all of those jobs are applicable in the political space in some way so let's look at like science stuff like even if you like studied some type of science like go work in climate go work in something that's gonna like make a difference or like healthcare or whatever like there are so many things that obviously you won't have to be like you're not in the room like on capitol hill like making policy but there's so many amazing like companies that have government affairs jobs there's roles within campaigns where you're like on marketing or you're the digital or like social media person or like every job you can think of you can work in in the political space and i would also say is that i feel like a lot of people think about political jobs they only think about it on the national level but there are tons of local political jobs I actually like interned way back when in my in my youth, in my youth, you know, pre-granny age, when I had a voice. And I interned for their government and the PR and communications department. So they have those departments. You could work at a town level, you could work at a city level, a county level. There's so many jobs in those little bubbles as well that like you might not think of, but like they need need people in politics too. Yeah. And I think that's something like I didn't even really know when I was going through my like just tough job searches. Like I was looking at like the organizations I knew that were popular and like on the national level, like the ACLUs and the Sierra Clubs, just kind of bigger like national level political jobs that I could think of. But I, I just wasn't aware that like there are so many impactful jobs like in the political space or in government right in your backyard and like everyone has access to them and it's just a matter of like people really knowing that and understanding the impact they could have at those levels as well and I wish I knew that honestly during my job searches so okay well those were our questions from our brand ambassadors to kind of continue this conversation we'll just kind of talk about what's coming and we'll we'll give us as much way as we can but we got to keep some shit on lock too, okay? So don't get too frustrated with us. Has everyone put their seatbelts on? Is everyone ready? Like, I don't know if I'm even ready. But you guys, I mean, it's just funny too. The dm anniversary, we did this and I was like, oh, we're starting a podcast. Like, that's what's happening. But little did we know it was, we were actually building an empire. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, we just like literally went into this fully just thinking, you know, we'd expand with the podcast and then Sam, you know, when COVID was over, would continue with events. But the ideas have not stopped flowing ever since like 
working together but also like hearing from different people and like what they would like to see and how people you know think the rebranding politics mission is so amazing like we were like oh we have something here let's get after it we really really did like the ideas really keep on flowing like honestly i don't think there's enough like years in a lifetime we have too many we had to actually be like put muzzles on ourselves and be like okay pick two and see if you can like get, make those happen because we're still even struggling to like really get two off of the ground with just our two little bodies. <laughs> <laughs> um, and in case like you didn't like already feel like, oh my God, I like really want an internship. We have an amazing intern that will be joining us this fall, but we are open to bringing Thank Lord. Thank Lord, literally. And she's so epic and I'm so excited. Like I literally could cry like thinking about it. You guys will of course like get to meet her, but we will get more details then. But we are happy to bring on more interns for the fall and winter. So if you are interested and are able to take a school credit for an internship, let us know, sign to our DM, send us an email. We are happy to set up a conversation. But besides our bandwidth, let's talk about our Patreon and there's going to be so much more fun content that's going to be available to you guys in two different tiers from exclusive Q and A's with some of our amazing connections in the political space, some that are guests, some that are not. Our Fast Five series will be making its way over there. So some of those like super like next level questions that we like talk with our guests about, you'll only have access to if you subscribe to our Patreon. What else are we having on there? Civics courses, you guys, and as terrible as that sounds on its face, I promise like they're gonna be fun and they're gonna be very easy to understand. And we we got you on basically teaching you the civics that your K through twelve education ever gave you in a fun and flirty and cute way, you know? So there's that. There's also our infamous I have a stupid question segment expanded. And we're going to basically making a little video glossary of all the (laughs) very confusing terms that live within the political space that many people hear probably all the time, but don't fully understand what they mean. We're also going to have vlogs and bonus content and bloopers and Patreon only like live streams and Q and A's and direct lines to Sam and I, and not to mention early access to event tickets. Okay because those are coming back and merch baby merch is coming and patreon members will have early access to merchandise and potentially some discounts but yeah keep an eye out for the patreon we will keep you posted when it's launched and when you can get on over there but we're super excited about that so you've heard our voices for a while now you'll finally get to hear our voices and like see our faces at the same time because these will be video content for you guys <laughs> so get ready for that and unfortunately that's just like now me and sam have to like put on normal clothes and some makeup when usually we're looking like actual bums when we record these podcasts but we're also like we've mentioned a thousand times by now like expanding this brand ambassador program so if you guys are interested and just like really even if you want to just like join our community and join our slack group so you can like be in the conversation with all of us and like build our community together we would love to have you so go sign up for our brand ambassador program link is in the episode description sam 
why don't you give the little skinny on these events that are coming back now that this global pandemic is over or maybe almost over lol a day i never thought i'd see come our way i really feel but we will be bringing back events starting with new york this fall we have one set for september 18th with our pals at the down ballot so if you are a new yorker this one's gonna be for you of course we hope to bring these also over to maddie's side of the old country, aka San. I was about to say San Fran, but then I realized that's not the way you're supposed to say it. Acceptable. SF. I'm so trendy. I'm so cool. Call it the Bay. If you want the to be bay. really cool. Bring it, bring it to the Bay. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm so excited for those, and I'm excited to like meet people. You know, and if you're in these cities, or if you want, also by the way, like shout out Hugh, Ohio. Like, if you guys want to see. A girl in the gov event come to your city dm us we will do our best but yeah we want to we want to come to all of y'all and it's called operation city girls and we're coming to a city near you but this is the big moment for us this is the big thing coming and basically you guys know we've been rebranding politics and you know, we've been rebranding a way for people to learn about politics, learn about civics in a fun and accessible and relatable way. Well, we also are rebranding working in politics. Okay. So, you know, we have this like civic learning bustling. It's going. We got the podcast. We got the Patreon. We got all of the things coming for you. We are also working on a way to make working in politics more accessible as well. So, keep that on your radar we also like really want to hear about your experiences like i just told you about my terrible job search in the political space if you guys have similar experiences troubles or stories or just questions about working in the political space please let us know we are trying to create a space and a resource for people to get their foot in the door in the political space and get a political job and or make an impact with their career with politics or advocacy careers. So again, DM us, email us, carry your pigeon, <laughs> whatever you need to get a hold of us and tell us about any experiences or questions you have trying to work in the political space because big things, big things coming on that front. Okay, you guys, that was our DM anniversary just reflection moment, and hopefully everyone's excited about the future of this brand and wants to be a part of it. But we're moving on to top stories of the week. Here we are, we made it. And we talked about the midterms a little bit earlier. And now we have a story to kind of inform everyone on like what's going on. We're gonna just talk about today what the future potentially looks like in the Senate when it comes to the midterms and what seats are up for grabs. So basically, the fight for control of the evenly divided Senate, we're talking 50-50 split here, will be the most dramatic showdown of 2022 by far, is eyes on the Senate. We have a little information here about some of the seats that are most likely to flip partisan control. So these are the ones that could switch it to a Republican-controlled Senate, or vice versa can um, boost the Democrats' control in the Senate as well. So to start, Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania, we have GOP Senator Pat Toomey. 
is not running for another term. So he is retiring. And he is in the seat most likely to flip in large part because it's an open seat in a state that Biden carried last fall. And so this race may come down to whatever the national environment looks like next year. And obviously, like a lot of the information out there is very preliminary and, you know, we're still pretty far away, but people are starting to campaign. Candidates are starting to announce. So we're kind of in it. We're starting to get in it here. And Democrats regard Pennsylvania as their top pickup opportunity. However, they they don't know who their candidate is going to be yet. But that is a state Democrats definitely have their eye on with Republican Senator Pat Toomey retiring. Mm -hmm. And then, I mean... There are a lot of things we get from Georgia, Peaches included, and incumbent Democrat Raphael Warnock. Well, you know, he's going to be back up there again. Republicans are eager to redeem their trifecta of recent losses to Georgia. But there's still, it's still kind of a waiting game in terms of who they're going to pick to avenge avenge dun, 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 their loss to, to Warnock, who is now going to be running for a full six-year term. So just remember some of these people. There are special elections that they may have run for, and then... Now they are, it's, it might seem weird, like, oh, wait, are they running again? Didn't they just get into office? It's because they were filling special election seats for that. But let's not forget about Wisconsin, which, let me tell you, is a great place for cheese and a great place for politics. And GOP incumbent Senator Ron Johnson is keeping everyone guessing, like, will he run for third term? Will he become a cheese mascot? Like, there are lots of questions, okay? And, like... <laughs> His indecision could be putting a possible successor at a disadvantage if he decides not to run. But Johnson is really the only Republican potentially running for re-election in a state that Biden carried last year. So naturally, like Cheddar, the seat is a top target for Democrats, regardless of whether he runs or not. It's just any any seat really generally where Biden ended up carrying that was either a flip or seemed, you know, it was in the, the purple territories, of course, going to be a top target for Democrats. But given some of the disinformation and conspiracy theories that Johnson has peddled about the coronavirus and vaccines, the 2020 election, and of course, the notorious January 6th insurrection, Wisconsin is a rare state where Democrats may feel more confident running against a two-term incumbent than they would an unknown Republican. So we'll kind of see what they end up doing there, who gets pushed ahead, but... Yeah. And it's also an interesting... That's an interesting point of, like, the conspiracy theories and, like, how we talked about last week of, like, will Trumplandia continue for the GOP? And it's, like, this will be interesting to see if those who do support the conspiracy theories and don't stand up against the insurrection, all these things, if they're going to be the winning ticket for Republicans. And Democrats seem confident in Wisconsin that they might be able to bump a two-term incumbent than just like a regular run-of-the-mill Republican. So again, just the interesting theory, Trumplandia or bust, who's, who knows what's going to happen. But and- I will say this, and this obviously comes from an incredibly biased point of view, but I have talked to some of my Republican friends about this and, like, their views of, like, the future of, like, the Republican Party. And, like, despite, like, sort of what happened with Cheney and what we've seen more and more, like, they seem to think that, like, the Republican Party is going to go back to, like, traditional GOP, despite what patterns are showing. So I'll be curious to see as we get closer, like, asking them and just seeing otherwise, like, what those Republicans that have, like, have this idea of this, like, party that used to be end up doing and choosing based on like what some of the specifics of the candidates are versus party and whatnot because 
I think that's like an internal argument that's really going on right now is like, are you voting for the party that used to be or are you voting for like what the GOP is sort of turning into? Totally. Okay, well, next is Arizona. Incumbent Democrat Mark Kelly. He's in office right now. So similar situation to Raphael Warnock in Georgia. He won a special election. And so now he is running for his full six-year term after winning last fall. And so several contenders have recently jumped in the race, including Attorney General Mark Brnovich, with others still considering. And that's a relief to party operatives who feared that without Governor Doug Ducey running, they'd be left scrambling in one of their top pickup opportunities. But Democrats are gleefully anticipating a messy primary where Republicans are forced to cater to the Trump base. Again, that same conversation, that same question. But we also have some work to do in North Carolina. So Republican Richard Burr is retiring. So the biggest news in North Carolina was Trump's surprise endorsement of Rep Ted Budd to succeed said human, Senator uh, Richard Burr. Trump did it on stage at the state GOP convention just minutes after his daughter-in-law, Laura Trump, said she was passing on the race, which is kind of interesting. I just, okay, whatever. This is not a moment for comments. This is a time for facts. On the Democratic side, former state Supreme Court Chief Justice Sherry Beasley has the backing of Emily's List, but State Senator Jeff Jackson and former State Senator Erica Smith are still in the running too. So some peeps to think about here. And let's not forget about New Hampshire, which I think is such an interesting state in so many ways. But Democrat Maggie Hassan, she's first term is still without a top tier challenger, but this race really moves up one on the list because Republicans know exactly who they want to run here. And even if he doesn't do it, the GOP may have a little backup situation going on. So Governor Chris Sununu had originally said he'd make a decision after the end of the legislative session in June, but he seems to have pushed back his timeline, telling Good Morning New Hampshire last month we'll make a decision for a really long time. So I think he's doing the classic like wait and see situation of what the landscape's going to look like, who's he, who he's competing against. Dare I say he's pulling a Mike Bloomberg? I don't know, maybe. But Sununu is synonymous with New Hampshire, my fellow New England dwellers of vacation. Shout out. Well, we got Nevada. Come back to the West Coast. Not really coast, but... You know, because incumbent Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto, she is in her first term. She is the country's first Latina senator and largely has this race to herself with Republicans waiting on former, former attorney, attorney general Adam Laxalt to get in. Republicans think he could motivate the base and gain traction as a former statewide elected official, while Democrats are eager to tie him to Trump and, you know, his efforts to overturn the election. So, again, you guys, Trump is really just lingering over these midterms. Next, we have Florida incumbent Republican Marco Rubio. We don't talk about him much, but he's definitely on the shit list for sure. But he's a little he's a little quiet, quiet one. This race has kind of been moving up spots on the list of like the most contended and most likely to flip because Democratic Representative Val Demings is now running, giving GOP Senator Mark Rubio a formidable opponent, um, assuming obviously she wins the primary. But she was actually Biden's one of his options for vice president. So she is very popular and I think is a great challenger to, to Marco Rubio. So that one will be interesting to watch. But let's, let's not go without talking about Ohio. 
good old Ohio. So Republican Rob Portman is retiring. There's already a really crowded GOP primary, which we've seen with some of these primaries with a ton of people. It's like, guys, like pick another time, pick another date. Like you guys are not helping each other out, but hey, not a problem in this particular situation. But nonetheless, retiring, or the retiring as senator got another candidate on Thursday when I kid you not, Hillbilly Elegy author JD Vance officially entered the race. He comes with the backing of a super pack. So if you haven't listened to one of our episodes on packs yet, please go listen. But that pack has already uh, given a $10 million commitment from PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel. Meanwhile, Democrat Representative Tim Ryan has a pretty clear lean on that side of things to run while the Republicans have a little moment duking it out amongst themselves. So we'll really honestly be watching the Republican side of that race first and foremost, see who actually ends up being like their little little, uh, leader in chief there. And then we'll be able to turn our attention as to where that lands, but there's, there's a lot going on. There really, really are a lot going on. Keep your eyes on those Senate races and again, start getting up for, for the midterms because we are and yeah, but let's move on because we want to talk about former President Trump and in the Trump organization and his CFO, Alan Weisselberg being indicted. So there's news here and it's also going to be an interesting story to watch. And if you're wondering like, What's going on with all these charges against Trump and the Trump organization? Here are some updates. So New York state prosecutors on Wednesday indicted the Trump organization and its chief financial officer, Alan Weiselberg, for tax fraud. The first charges brought as a part of Manhattan District Attorney Cy Vance's investigation into the former president's company. The indictment was unsealed Thursday. This isn't just your run-of-the-mill tax case. Prosecutors said in court that their investigation is ongoing and they're reportedly trying to make an even broader case against the company or even the former president himself. Trump, however, has not been charged, just to make that clear. So to understand it, it's useful to think about it um, through three separate lenses, the charges themselves, what they mean for the larger ongoing investigation, but also the potential like massive consequences for American politics and what's going to happen politically, especially since Trump likes to hint at his little rallies these days that he might make a run, another run for president in 2024. But anyways, to continue on, the charges allege that Weiselberg and the Trump organization did not properly pay taxes related to $1.7 million worth of fringe benefits Weiselberg received as part of his salary, most notably apartment and car leases for Weiselberg and private school tuition for his grandchildren. The specific charges also include conspiracy and grand larceny, but those two are related to these fringe benefits. And so both Weiselberg and the company have pleaded not guilty, but reports in recent months have made clear that Vance's investigation is focused on more than just corporate perks. He has been also probing matters close to the heart of the Trump organization and their business practices um, and examining whether the company overvalued certain properties to score favorable loan terms while undervaluing them to pay less in property taxes. Classic. He even obtained Trump's tax returns after a battle that went to the Supreme Court. So it's this broader investigation that maybe 
The true danger to Trump, though, so advance make, can make a case, that is, and prosecutors have been trying for months to flip Weiselberg and turn him into a cooperating witness, so that'll be interesting if they can get that, and they have not succeeded in doing so so far, and so that's kind of the background to last Thursday's charges, and the stakes here are, are again, just like far higher than in any ordinary corporate tax fraud case because the possibility that Trump will run for president again in 2024 is looming here, and charges against his company and potential future charges against him would pose an obstacle to his future campaign. So the charges are unlikely to have any significant impact on Trump's 2024 decision-making, but further charges, including charges against Trump himself, may weigh on him more heavily and theoretically could even land him in prison. (laughs) So he did win our um, superlative of most likely to end up in prison. So I hope we're not embarrassed here and that we are correct in our theory. Although <laughs> I would probably say that it's not going to be him. It's going to be all of his friends. You know? Yeah. Well, if he lands in prison, it would be difficult to hold rallies. Now, that is a good point. <laughs> and this article said, though he could theoretically follow Eugene Debs' model and run from prison... And the fact that that's even something on the table is making me want to jump out the window. But Trump, um, again, is not yet facing any charges, and it's still not clear if he ever will. So that's the update on the Trump organization, Trump and his fraudulent activity and his potential prison sentence. But yeah, there we are. We'll keep you posted on any updates on that. We will, and I will stop trying to peel my sunburn off my body. Well, those are our top stories of the week and that is our dm anniversary episode that was fun i hope everyone enjoyed again like there was a lot of like housekeeping moments in there so check our episode description brand ambassador signups dm us with questions or experiences or stories trying to work in a political space or really again like you guys our our doors are open for you and whatever feedback, comments, questions you have, we want to hear from you. So slide in one way or another. Please do. Happy DM-iversary, Sam. I'm glad that you followed me. I'm glad that you DM'd me. Yeah, and here we are. And just the universe, you know, we trust the universe, the stars aligned. And here we are, not only with this beautiful podcast, but with big things coming. And we're excited to bring you all along with us. We are. It's an honor. It's a blessing. And we'll see you next Wednesday. Hey guys, popping in with a reminder to sign up for the GovHub newsletter. This weekly pop of politics is designed to share action items, resources, and quick links to civic engagement tools and topics directly to your inbox. Save it, share it, and sign up for a pinch of productive politics today by going to girlinthegov.com or visiting this episode's description.